Hey cuties, welcome to another episode of Mimi Said What? I'm Mimi Robinson and this is my show where I have unfiltered girlfriend chatter with a dose of TV and entertainment and a side of pop culture. I'm a dope ass black woman who happens to be a wife, a mom, and still have a life of my own. Mimi update. So I did a media tour at the Nats Park, which is the home of the Washington Nationals baseball team. And it was a good time. So they shared all of the like dope things they have going on for the new MLB season, which actually kicked off on March 30th. And they have really stepped their game up and I like it. So they offer more wine, which I appreciate because I'm not into beer. And I know beer is largely consumed at games, but it's not my jam. But they got us covered. They even got like some hard lemonade type drink options as well. Um, The food options are a highlight. So I like the energy of a live sporting event. I'll watch some of the game, but I'm not committed to all of the innings in a baseball game. I'm just not. So this is where the wine and the food come into play with me. So Good eats are essential. Now, um, I have a new favorite. It's called Swizzlers, and they are new to Nats Park. Babe and I tried them out for the first time recently, and it was after movie screening, and we had the chicken sandwich. When I tell you that thing was thinging, it was so freaking good. Like, I never had a chicken sandwich that tastes like that. And I like a good chicken sandwich, Popeye's, Chick-fil-A all these other places, but it was something about Swizzlers that left me wanting more. The fries are heavenly as well. They give you five guys vibes, but without the seasoning. I like that kind. And they were freshly hot and everything. Um, Now, so at Nats Park, they had some of the chicken sandwiches for us to try, as well as the burgers. And that thing was delicious too. I'm not gonna lie. Um... I'm sure, like me, you guys go to the games for the vibes, um, but they are making it more family friendly. So the kids are now back able to run the bases, which is a lot of fun. Now, Sierra got to do that when he was real itty bitty. Um, They gave him a Nats t-shirt to put on and it was so big. It was like down at his ankles. Um, So that's dope. They have a lot more swag to give away. Um, I know people make a big deal of these bobbleheads and all of that. So if you're looking for a good time, do check out um, a Nat, a Washington Nationals game at Nats Park. Uh, I'm going. I'm going for the vibes. And I guess go Nats. All right. So outside of that, Babe and I went to two advanced movie screenings, one for 1001, which we'll talk about later in this episode. And then the other one is for the movie Air. We'll get into that in the next episode. But I've got lots of thoughts. Um, Now, for those of you in a DMV, I actually gave away passes to the movie Air. And let me know if you grab one. I saw a couple of people at the advanced screening who came, show me some love, thank me for the tickets, enjoyed the movie and all of that. But if you came, let me know. So typically when I have that opportunity, I'll post a link into my Instagram stories I'll post it in on my Mimi Cute Lips Facebook page as well. They are always first come, first serve. So 
Um, if you see that I am partnering with the studio and I'm giving away advanced screening passes, do get on them. It's a free way to see a movie early. Everybody wants to see a movie early. All right. So our sneaker of the week is the Air Max 1 and the Air Max 90. I did a double unboxing of those two sneakers and they are fly as hell. They both have a funky mixed print situation, animal print to be included, and they are a vibe. I have been wearing them both and I'm having fun with styling it. So, all right, y'all, that's it for your Mimi update. Okay, so let's get into some pop culture. So there are a few things, quite a few things, honestly, coming up. Um, so the movie Inside Out is coming out with a sequel. Um, this is an animated movie. It first came out in 2015, and the sequel is slated to come out in 2024. So next year, you got to hold your meal. All right, so <laughs> Joy and the Emotions are back for a new adventure inside of Riley's head. And this time, the sequel will include what it's like to be a teenager. Y'all, quite frankly, if this movie can figure out teens and their emotions, this might be the cheat code that we all needed. I'm just saying. Um, now, naturally, that means that they have a lot of new emotions that we'll get to know in this sequel. But I'm going to watch it just for that part alone. Now, it, the first one was good, but this one, yep, all me. All right, so let's talk about Brandy. So the singer Brandy um, has a Brandy, and that is very well played on her part. She hooked up with Stella Rose, and they have three unique flavors. One is like a smooth black. I don't know what all that entails in smooth black. The other is a honey peach, which sounds really good. And the last one is a tropical passions. I don't know what that means, but I think fruity and flirty. And so that sounds promising. Uh, I've not tried any of them, but do let me know if you have. Um, I've seen the billboards <laughs> with Brandy sprawled out with a bottle. Um, Brandy was never my jam. Um, now, I quit drinking hard liquor many years ago. But in my early 20s, um, I drank hard liquor for sure. Um, and I tried Grand Marnier once. It was smooth as fuck. I'm not going to lie. But it was a one and done for me. Um, I didn't drink it again. I was afraid I might end up naked or some shit. But if you are a brandy drinker, let me know. I also see brandy as like, I think I like a cool ass old man. Y'all know I like me some old balls. Like it's a real grown and sexy. I hate that term. Um, but kind of drink. Like I don't see young people like sipping brandy. That's like some old pimp shit. <laughs> some old 70s movie where you got on this bell bottom pantsuit with your legs crossed over dangling or something. Anyway, <laughs> uh, if you are a Stella Rose kind of person, just let me know. Report back. Have you had these? It's smooth, black, and fat, smooth, is honey peach, and tropical passions as delicious as it sounds? Let us just know. All right, moving on. So Never Have I Ever is coming back for its fourth and final season. This is one of my favorite Netflix series I'm fairly certain I'm not their target demographic, <laughs> but that show is wild. Um, I don't know what else Davy could possibly do uh, 
that she hasn't already done because the past three seasons have been a goddamn adventure of just perpetual can't get right. Either way, I'm here for it. It's supposed to release this summer, so I am looking forward to it. All right, what else? The Little Mermaid. Y'all, there is so much to unpack about The Little Mermaid. So, The Mermaid. It's almost here. It drops May 26th. And the people, the people have so much to say, like so much to say about Halle Bailey um, of the singing duo, her and her sister, Chloe and Halle. Halle Bailey is this beautiful black woman who's playing a fictional character because Ariel, who in fact is not a real person, is black now, but the people oh they are choking on this one let me tell you they mad that a black girl is playing an imaginary character that don't even exist in real life now we know hallie can blow her voice is beautiful and so they've released one of the songs um and of course she nailed it because her voice is stunning like People are just hating for the sake of hating. There's absolutely no reason for the non-blacks to be up in arms about this character. Again, it's an animated character who was white at first. And because they believe, obviously, that white is right, their panties in a bunch. But I said, we're going to gag them and just let them fucking choke. I can't wait to see The Little Mermaid. Um... There's quite a few songs on the original soundtrack that I just need to hear in this one because I like them a lot. Um, but Nori and I, we're going to be front and center. We want to check it out. We want to support. And I encourage you all to do the same. It has been so sweet to see little black girls react to the trailer when it came out and all of that. And I can't wait. All right. What else? <sighs> Lastly. Let's talk about Quincy Jones. So I saw that last month, Quincy Jones celebrated his 80th birthday and that just blew my mind. Like I knew Quincy was an old man, but I didn't realize he was that old. Now, despite also feeling like he's been old all of my life, which he actually has been, he was in his 50s when I heard of him for the first time. That's strange. <laughs> I also find it strange when... I guess people of our time or who I feel like our time to include actors, musicians get old. It just feels so weird to me. And I don't know why that is, but like uh, Morgan Freeman is actually an old fucking man now, like white hair. You can see that his skin is aging, not terribly, but just aging. Like they're starting to look old. And there's just something that my mind doesn't compute about them actually looking old. And maybe it's because they have preserved so well for so long that now I'm like, damn, they really getting old. And in essence, I am too, because I am knocking on mid 50s door. I'm lying. I'm knocking on mid 40s door hard. So. I realized that when I first saw Quincy, I was a child. I was a small child. So it is inevitable that they also age along with me. But I don't know. I just kind of expected them to just 
be preserved the way I'm used to seeing them. So it's a little off-putting. It's like, damn, his hair coming out. He about to be a bald-headed man and he don't move as fast. I'm sure he's still smooth as hell. But, you know, it's just different. Anyway, um, so I saw this Quincy Jones birthday post because I'll be sure posted a nice birthday tribute to him, which was a big deal. So I don't know if y'all know about I'll be sure, but he was in a coma and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, he recently came out the coma and he now walks with a cane, but yeah, he's, he shared his journey. So he would kind of post what seemed like vague hospital pictures and stuff like that. He always has words of encouragement, but um, he's been sharing his journey, which I like. Um, I always, I don't know, I always want to know somebody's story. And so he shared that he was like sitting in front of his computer and he just began to lose feeling on the entire left side of his body and just like fell the hell over. That's scary. That's real scary. But this happened like back in October. We are in April now. Uh, no, this happened before that. It wasn't until October. I think this happened in the summer, in July. There we go, mid-July. So this happened in mid-July and it wasn't until October that he was fully aware of what happened. So he had been out like a light from July to October. That is wild, like scary wild. Um, he did say that he had multiple surgeries during that time. He had a hematoma, a hernia, and uh, an organ transplant. So now he got this. This is going to sound awful. I don't mean it that way. But he has this. It's not a zipper cut because it's not that shape. It kind of looks like I'm trying to like a bird's foot, if you will, in his uh, like right near his rib area in his gut. Um his battle scars for all that he has been through. But he is back to working. He said he is feeling better. He used to be on the quiet storm on Magic 102.3 here in the DMV. And I'm not gonna lie. First of all, I've been an old bitty for a long time. I love the quiet storm ever since my mother played it as a child. And his voice was so perfect for the quiet storm. And when he was gone, I was like, who is this? Matter of fact, old school, if y'all know, Prince de Jour is back and he's doing the quiet storm. And I was like, well, what happened to I'll be sure? And well, now I know. So while he is in fact not back on the radio doing the quiet storm, it's nice to hear that he is at least back working and doing better. So that's it for your pop culture. Okay, so let's get into what Mimi's watching. So let me go ahead and tell you, your girl is addicted to Love is Blind. Now this is season four and we'll talk about it more next week, but just know that I am sucked in. I got sucked into the very first season, which had Cameron and, oh my God, well, I can't remember her name. It just escaped me that, fi that fast. Oh my God, the black girl. Damn it, man. I can't think of her name right now. It literally just went out of my mind. Uh, Lauren, there we go. Cameron and Lauren, which were, uh, they're such a cute couple. They still going strong. Um, and then after that, I didn't watch seasons two and three. And I'm not even fully sure y'all how I got sucked into this season, but I am. And this season, they don't just give you the whole season up front. Oh no, they nickel and diamond us. So I think I watched four, maybe five episodes. Then I had to wait a couple of weeks. And then I think they gave us like four more episodes last week. And now I have to wait until the 14th to get the rest of them. So we saw 
one wedding, I think, and that was it. Ugh. Anyway, I posted a post on Instagram. So if you are watching, if you are into Love is Blind, comment on that post and let me know who you feeling, who you not feeling, what you think about this season so we could talk about it some more. Um, yeah, we'll unpack this more uh, in the next episode because by then I should have gotten my additional episodes and the whole thing will be wrapped up. All right, so I also watched The Godfather of Harlem. We had the season finale. It was good. It had been building up to Malcolm X's assassination. And that's exactly what the season finale was all about. Um, I'm going to miss his character. Now, they did have to swap out his character this season because the original guy playing Malcolm X was booked and busy doing something else. And they couldn't work out the schedule. But I'm going to kind of miss his character a little bit. So I'm curious as to what's going to happen now in the story. Um, everything else is literally just drugs and politics. So we'll see. Um, what else? I think that's it as far as like the TV shows. We'll get into some more stuff. Oh, wait, no, I lied. I take it back. Let's talk about some comedy specials real quick because I've been watching quite a few. So Marlon Wayans put out a new comedy special called God Loves Me. It's on HBO Max. His comedy special was funny as fuck. Like I laugh constantly. It was mostly about Chris Rock, Will Smith, and Jada Pinkett Smith, but it was hilarious. I love me some Marlon. I always thought he was funny. And when his show Marlon came out, um, me, Babe, and some other influencers and media people got to have dinner with him. And he is as real in real life as he comes across. Like his energy is good. His personality is good. He likes to laugh. He likes to have a good time. Like what you see is exactly what you get. And that made me like him even more. His special, Marlon, y'all know, Marlon don't have no boundaries, <laughs> none. But he had a good long relationship with all three of them. And he talks about it. And that shit was funny as hell. And he had a lick that he's been trying to get back on Chris Rock. And he finally got it. And so he talks about it in that special. So do check it out. It's on HBO Max. And then there's Monique's comedy special on Netflix. It's called My Name is Monique. And this was her redemption special after her fight with Netflix, which subsequently turned into like a whole ass fight with the rest of Hollywood, the Oprah, the Lee Daniels and everybody else. Um, she also complained because some people label her as hard to work with, which blackballed her in Hollywood, blah, 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 blah. So. I will say she looked really good in her special. Uh, she has like salt and pepper hair. Her curls were stunning. Her dress was cute. Um, it was flattering. Nothing over the top. Just basic black, but it was nice. She's all skinny now after all these years of telling us skinny bitches to eat a burger. Yeah, now she's like one of, well, she's not skinny, but she's substantially smaller. Um, so I guess her inner fat girl fleed and now she's coming over to the skinny girl side. So... Um, her special was just okay to me. I was never, I never considered myself a fan of Monique, but I didn't hate her either. Uh, I love the Parkers back in the day when it came out. I'm fairly certain I've watched just about every episode. Uh, I loved her in Almost Christmas. She was fucking hilarious. Same with Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins with Martin. Just hilarious. Um, I think her, I like her in, 
on TV. I did not care for her stand-up a whole lot. She uses the N-word way too much for me. And I'm sure that's the Baltimore in her. But my God, like, part of me wished there was a ticker on the screen. So every time she dropped the N-bomb, it counted. Because it was a lot. Like, in one sentence, it would be five. And I was just like, dear God, this is too much for my spirit. Um, so this was also her coming out story. Um, she's been married to her husband for seven years, but she also likes women. And so she felt like that was the appropriate place to share that with us. Um, now back in the day, she talked about having an open marriage and possibly perhaps this is what she meant. I think people probably assumed it was men, but plot twist is not. Um, so she talked about being in special education, growing up in school, that bit went on for a good bit and I just was not entertained. I didn't find it funny. But uh, again, do let me know if you watch, if you were entertained. Um, Now, outside of those two comedy specials, I also watched S'mores comedy special, which may have actually come out in 2022. It's called Queen Chandelier. Um, I also watched Miss Pat comedy special these are all on netflix by the way i watched miss pat's comedy special special uh y'all want to hear something crazy um i watched dion cole's two comedy specials one was called charlene's boy and the other one was called dion cole hearted um i like dion cole he is funny as hell his humor is so dry (laughs) And he always has a serious face, but I love his comedy. I'm not going to lie. I did also enjoy S'mores comedy special. I didn't care for Miss Pat's comedy special, though. I did not. But I love her show. Like, love, love, love her show. Um, I also watched Trevor Noah's comedy special. Hilarious. Um, I had never seen him do stand-up, but I laughed at his comedy special as well. As well. So, If you need a little laugh in your life, definitely go to Netflix. Check out Marlon on HBO Max. They got you covered. Okay, so let's talk about A Thousand and One. That was one of the movies I told you I did the advanced screening for. It is officially out now. You can go and see it. (laughs) Um, So this is a movie about an unapologetic, like free-spirited, woman her name is Inez <laughs> and Inez kidnaps a, her six-year-old son whose name is Terry from the foster care system child and then they set out to kind of like create this sense of home and like stability in New York City um the movie came out on the 31st of March and this movie takes you on a journey So the movie is directed by A.V. Rockwell, who is a black woman. Um, And this was actually her directorial debut. I don't know a whole lot about her, but I absolutely love the style in which she shot this movie. Um, This movie was also a Hillman grad production, which is Lena Waite's production company. So she was one of the producers on the movie. And so let's talk about the cast. Uh, Tiana Taylor plays Inez, first of all. Inez is such an old school name, (laughs) but she played a hell out of this role like Inez. Like we've never seen this side of, of her. Um, I don't, she don't have a whole lot of acting credits or anything anyway, but just in her personality. So, um, babe and I watched, uh, Tiana Taylor's, uh, reality show with Iman and the girls and all of that, like all of them. I think they had two different ones. We've watched them all. Um, 
but she was playing Inez. It was so serious and so gritty. Um, and then there were the Terrys. So her son, Terry, was played by three different young men. Aaron Kingsley, um, Atatola, I think is how you say his last name, plays the six-year-old version of Terry. So we, when we first see him, he is six years old. And then there's Avon Courtney, who plays the 14-year-old Terry. He was also in the show The Last OG with Tracy Morgan. Babe and I also used to watch that show. Um, and then there's Josiah Cross, who plays the 17-year-old Terry. Um, he also played in King Richard. Y'all, this young man is only getting started. He's actually in his early 20s in real life. He acted his butt off in this movie. Like he, he had, he was hella vulnerable. Like the scenes required him to be vulnerable and it felt real. Like I almost forgot I was watching a movie. He sold it so much. Like he did a hell of a job. He's a little chocolate young guy. Um, and so I look forward to seeing where his, uh, where his career takes him. Cause he's, definitely um, just getting started. But I think this movie put a lot of good eyes on him and his talents. And then there is William Catlett who plays Lucky. Um, I love me some William Catlett. I do. First of all, he's from Alexandria, Virginia, which is where I grew up. So the Bronx made me, but the highway raised me. Um, and so he was a star in Love Is, which is a show I fucking love to pieces. Oh my God, that was my show. He played a character named Yasir in that, um, that show. And then he was in Black Lightning, which I watched the first couple of seasons. Um, and then I kind of quit it. He was in Lovecraft Country, which I did not watch. Babe watched that one. Um, he was in the movie Charm City King, Kings, which was about Baltimore and filmed in Baltimore. Um, I definitely saw that. And he's had like several other projects and stuff. But those are the ones that I immediately recognized um, him from, um, I, except for the Lovecraft Country. Um, overall, I enjoyed the movie. It left me with some questions, though. That, like, There's some unexplained time gaps. Um, but even with that, I still enjoyed the movie. So... They'll start us out in 1994 and then, you know, scenes will play out. It'll happen. It'll happen. And then it'll be another timestamp and it might be like 2000 um, and you'll see them where they are. But there's no explanation about what happened during that time transition and how they got to be where they now are with that time transition, if you will. Um, it's a lot of things going on in this movie, like... So the other character in this movie, dare I say, maybe even my favorite character, is New York. This movie was an ode to the city that I absolutely love. Now, it is set in Harlem um, in 1994, like I told you, but it delivers like in every single way. So um, New York was my first home. I started my life in the Bronx. And it took me right back to those days of being in a Bronx. It made me miss the stoop and all of that stuff. Now, whoever was in charge of making sure the continuity of the time was on point, they fucking nailed it. I'm talking jail down, swoop bangs, ponytails, finger waves, black lip liner, heavy on the gold jewelry, several chains, long fingernails, bamboo earrings, still at least two pair. Like... Y'all, 
I was so enamored by how good. I mean, the outfits, like all of that, slouch socks, like all of that. They literally take you back. Um, outside of that, <laughs> this movie, I told you it takes you on a journey. So she kidnaps her son from foster care. So you definitely get to see how the system frequently fails kids, especially black kids, um, as her son Terry is currently in the system at the time in which she decides to seal him. Um, and once she realizes they're failing him, that's really what sparked her to be like, oh, I'm just going to take him. Now, when the movie starts, she's fresh, fresh out of prison. What they don't tell us is a lot of backstory on prison. You see her doing hair in prison, but... They don't really go. I think she said she was in there for boosting, if I could remember correctly. But that's kind of it. Like, there's no other detail. Um, this movie is definitely about abandonment, child. <laughs> I think everybody in this movie suffers from some type of abandonment. Um, we always hear the saying that hurt people hurt, hurt people hurt people. Well, this movie is the poster child for that. Like, on so many levels. Um now, both Inez, played by Tiana Taylor, and Lucky, played by Will Catlett, um, are both trying to get their life together after incarceration. And they struggle to fit in society and get a job after being in prison. Again, all these real life stories that you hear about, a hard time finding work and just being trusted in society. And then trying to be committed to a better life so that you don't go back. Um, even with their imperfections, like they got it together probably as best as they could better than expected for sure but definitely the best they could now one of the parts of this movie that i enjoyed was um inez's best friend so terry abney plays inez inez's best best friend i can't talk and her best friend's name is kim jones <sighs> kim is like a ride or die do you hear me maybe she ride a little too hard because it was a, a point where um Inez and Kim's mom got into it and Kim didn't really come to her mom's defense. And I was like, girl, are you tripping? Um, but other than that, she's a true bestie. She like held her friend down while she was also like figuring out her own life. And this movie just reminds you why you need a black girl in your corner. <laughs> like she gave her the hard truth. She loved her fiercely as her best friend. She supported her. Um, she knows all her secrets and she was no doubt to lead her number one cheerleader, but she also read her the riot act. Like when she wasn't doing what she needed to do, which a true best friend does all those things. Um, now one of the wildest twists and turns is this movie is that there is a massive gut punch at the end. Like something happens that you never saw coming the entire time you were watching this movie. And honestly, I don't necessarily think we needed it. Like they could have written this whole movie without that part and it would have been just fine. I felt like bamboozled. Like I had been led astray for the last hour and 45 minutes before all of this played out. Like this part will change your entire perspective about everything you've watched up to that point. And that shit was crazy like also again unnecessary we could have done without it um so uh Inez and Lucky work hard to make sure that Terry doesn't end up as a product of their of his environment and um and he didn't so at least mission accomplished I guess in that way I would have liked to know a little more about 
Terry in his journey, like his next steps. Um, they didn't really give us that kind of answer. Um, but just like Terry as a kid and crazy ass Inez and Lucky, they all looking for love. Um, and I don't want to say in all the right places, but in a little bit of the wrong places. Sometimes it's uh, more toxic than loving, but it is dysfunctional <laughs> to say the least. So um, in, in all hood stories, there are definitely pockets of joy and love. And this movie actually had, they absolutely had it. Um, it, it made me want to root for the people I saw on the screen. Like I'm cheering for them. I'm celebrating their wins. And I'm disappointed when they don't live up to that, like all of that stuff. So um, as dysfunctional to some degree as Inez and Lucky's characters were, um, they loved their son Terry fiercely. And you could definitely tell that. And that part resonates, right? As parents, we sacrifice so much for our kids because we want them to have better than we had. And you see all of that play out. Um, Lucky was a smooth ass dude. I told y'all, Will Catlett is cool as hell. Um, he was definitely filling in the gap like so many black men do. Like uh, Terry is not his child. There's no surprise. There's no shocker. He knows that ain't his kid and she know and Terry know. But it didn't stop him from standing in the gap. And so... It's really endearing to see how Lucky softens to this dad role or father figure role. And you get to see he and Terry's bond grow. Um, and that was really, it was really sweet. It was really honest. Um, like he kept it real with him. He didn't lie to him. It was very supportive. Just really endearing to see. I feel like we don't get a lot of that of black men on the big screen. Um, if you see it, it's mostly just like in TV, I feel like. Um but Lucky grew to love him as if he was his own. And Terry definitely became his little homie. Um, now, Inez kidnapped this kid. So we can't forget that point. But <laughs> it was nice to see Tiana Taylor's role, like, in this movie. Serious, gritty, like, she's from New York. So she didn't have to play a New Yorker. I'm sure it was easy for her to fall back into that. But she had a bit of a privileged life. Now, in real life, Tiana Taylor was on My Sweet 16 back in the day. So who she portrayed in this movie is definitely a stark contrast to her own upbringing. But she sold it. Um, she sold it for sure. So as of right now, 1001 currently has 90% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm shocked because I feel like Rotten Tomatoes is brutal, but kudos to them. Uh, I feel like I need to watch it again. So you know how you watch a movie, you see stuff, right? And then you watch it again and you see things that you didn't notice the first time. Like, I feel like that movie has more gems that I need to see the second time around because I had to have missed some things. Um, I would give uh, 1001 probably about a 7.5 out of 10. I feel like this is also one of those movies that after you see it and then you see it again and then every time you see it, it grows on you a bit more. Like um, black classics don't happen instantly. They happen over time. So I'm curious to see how this plays out over time. But do go out and see 1001. Support Black actors, Black directors, Black producers. Um, this is a movie for everyone made by Black people. 
but it is definitely an ode to the culture. What you may see and take away is going to be different from somebody else outside of the culture for sure. So that's it for what Mimi is watching. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mimi Said What. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. Tell a friend a tell a friend. You are appreciated. You can follow me at Mimi Cute Lips everywhere on social. And as you continue the conversation, don't forget to use the hashtag Mimi Said What. Until next time, cuties.